The rest of the year's games have been announced from rounds 14 to 18. So, gents, let's take a quick dive into what this means for some of the teams that are challenging for the top eight and for those top four finishes. So, we've almost got another festival of footy. We are cramming rounds 14 to 17 into three weeks beginning on Thursday, August the 27th. West Coast and Fremantle will head back to the Queensland hub. So, will this taint West Coast chances? We're going to talk about that and from rounds 15 onwards. Footy will only be played in Queensland and Adelaide. So it's going to be a floating fixture in round 18, as we've had in the past, so not too much of a surprise. Gents, let's look at the winners of this fixture, and let's start with Port Adelaide, because they have two games in Adelaide, which is massive for them. We saw the crowds in that Richmond match. It was absolutely hostile with only 10,000. They have a bye in round 15, and on either side of that bye, they have Sydney and North Melbourne. So a couple of easy games for them, and primetime games Friday and Saturday night fixtures so yeah this is looking pretty encouraging for the Port Adelaide Power Gents. You'd have to think that they're probably going to lock up a top four spot considering that they're already on nine wins and they've still got a pretty healthy percentage even though they did lose a fair chunk of that against the Cats on the weekend so I think we saw Tommy Hawkins sort of expose one of their weaknesses which is sort of one of my worries come finals time especially when you look at the big teams that they might be playing against especially in the first week of finals whether that's a Richmond where you've got Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt West Coast Eagles when he's got when they're going to have to come up against Kennedy and Darling and then Geelong where they're going to have to go through Tommy Hawkins again or even Brisbane with McStay and Hipwood. And if Stefan Martin's back in that time, they might have to deal with another Ruckman. So they'll be there, but I'm starting to have my questions come back against Port Adelaide. I was on the bandwagon briefly, but that performance against Geelong, I'm sort of wavering on just how successful they'll be come finals time. It's another thing I'm a bit concerned with Port Adelaide is the over-reliance that they have on with Charlie Dixon taking contested marks and just how inaccurate he's been. One of the concerns is if they're just relying on Charlie Dixon to take five or six contested marks inside the forward 50, then they're sort of relying on him being able to kick set shots at a fairly decent <laughs> accuracy. Yeah, there's no doubt they'll be there and thereabouts come the end. May still even finish on top. I guess another thing I'd add to Maxie's comment is sometimes when sides have got that glaring weakness in their setup, you can often get away with it for a lot of the home and away season, but it does seem to get found out in finals more often than not. It's only when you sort of lay it out, Serps, like that, looking at all the benefits of the run home for them. They have won massively out of this. Another team that has a really, really good fixture. Richmond, the reigning premiers, they don't have to travel to Perth again, which is massive. They play West Coast in Queensland, and West Coast will be coming off a four-day break, and they have a nine-day break until they take on Geelong in round 17, so they'll be nice and fresh before they play the Cats, and the Cats will be coming off a five-day break when they play them. They have Adelaide at Metricom in round 18, which means that they can Look at that game to rest a lot of their players. And they also have Basher Hawley, Shane Edwards, and Dion Prestia most likely coming back into their side, hitting September. So lots of ominous signs if you're a club other than Richmond. You summed it up perfectly, sir. It's pretty comprehensive. But their last two games, I mean, they did a number on the Lions. As you mentioned before, that Port Adelaide game, just watching it, it was one of the games of the year. I think Port kicked away late. And probably Port should have won by a fair margin more, considering the amount of ball they had inside their forward half and a lot of set shots that they missed. It sort of felt like Port Adelaide, it was sort of their grand final for them. And Richmond sort of had no right, when you look at all the stats, to be in that contest, but somehow they were in it. Considering their draw, they've got a couple of tough games, as you mentioned, in Geelong and West Coast, but 
the rest of the games, I'm pretty sure they'll do pretty easily and they'll probably split those games one-on-one, especially considering the players that they're going to get back in the coming weeks. So they'll be there come finals time and no one will want to play. Absolutely. They are going to be red hot come finals time. And Maxi, talking about the Port Adelaide-Richmond game, how about the brain fade from Josh Caddy? He couldn't get out of the road. And did you see Dimmer Hardwick's reaction? My gosh, he was about to smash a window in there. Oh, it was pretty easy to do the look reading in that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he was thinking because his Richmond were actually pretty well set up behind the ball. And he was just running straight into him. So I think he's just had a clear brain fade and has to clean Trent Cotchin's baby's nappies or whatever's going on. So. In some countries, it's considered a compliment. <laughs> it, it was a brain fade for sure. Normally when we're talking brain fades this season, we're talking missed goals from the top of the goal square. But it just shows you that you don't know what professional footballers might throw up next. That's for sure. Hey, just on that fixture, gents, with regards to Richmond, it's interesting you say, Serp, whether we might see going back oh, I reckon about seven or eight seasons now a Ross Lyon style mega resting of players <laughs> come that last round although am I hearing correctly that that is still up in the air whether or not we will have that three finals buy again or whether that's just going to be yeah scrap given the, the circumstance of the year I think that's still undecided so that might play a part as well depending which way they go there that's a very good point you make actually about the buy Frizy. it still sounds like ever since 2016 where the Western Bulls Bulldogs went on that dream run that the AFL have been quite keen on having that bye week. But then again, if you think about it, we can't have the EJ Whitten game, any kind of curtain raises in between that week. And as we know, we're so used to having footy every single night of the week. One week off will absolutely destroy all those footy fans out there. So maybe it's a redundant buy considering the year that we've had. And maybe bar Essendon and Melbourne, every other team's had a buy. So yeah, it may not be needed. So that's going to be a very big consideration, I reckon, Frizzy. You're right in the sense that teams have already sort of had the buy, and it's also worth remembering as well. I mean, for 10 teams at that point, their season is over. So it's yeah, going to be intriguing how they handle that, and uh, that will certainly affect how some of those teams approach the final round. I agree. I think going back to that Bulldogs scenario a few seasons back, I think that's sort of been the catalyst for that to happen since. So it's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes that little week off can be the ultimate refresher for teams. On other occasions, it could can work the complete opposite, can't it? Absolutely. It can sap momentum. Maxi, what's your opinion? If you had it your way, would you want that extra week? I'm not a fan of the buy personally. I was listening to Luke Hodge and he sort of said it takes away a little bit of that war of attrition sort of feel. I think one of the good things about a regular football season is it's 22 weeks plus finals and you don't get a break and whoever manages their list better throughout the season should be rewarded. Teams are always unlucky with injuries, but I think the AFL likes it because some teams, they might get a player or two back and they feel refreshed. But for me personally, I like the war of attrition feel, but who knows, mate, maybe we'll see the Tigers just play with their B-grade team and Adelaide might get a win on their last game of the season. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably their best chance as we look at the fixture at the current time. Let's look at the final team, which I believe has a very, very good fixture going into the last four games of the season. It's St Kilda. St Kilda played very, very well on the weekend. And I think this fixture probably lends into more so their top four hopes and credentials. If they are good enough, they have games against Melbourne, Hawthorne, West Coast and Brisbane. Those last two, as we know, very, very difficult. But 
a very, very big possibility of them finishing top four if they can win at least three of those four games. They have a bye leading into the Hawks clash, which gives them an eight-day break. And the Eagle clash comes with West Coast coming off a four-day break. To finish top four, that's very, very doable, guys. Yeah, I'm just looking at their fixture now. I'm not as convinced. I would say that the Hawthorne game is the only game that I would guarantee them a win. They've also got the Giants last round of the year. And given how the Giants are going, you'd think the Giants would be fighting tooth and nail come the last round of the year. So they've got Brisbane this week and then Melbourne, who have played pretty well in the last three weeks. A lot of those games for me are 50-50, except for the Hawthorne game. And I would have them favourites against Melbourne. But to me, St Kilda, I can't see them finishing top four, but they'll definitely play finals considering how many wins they've already got. I see them finishing between fifth and seventh. I can't see them finishing top four. Yeah, probably not top four quite. They'll definitely be thereabouts. And a little bit like Richmond, I just get the feeling on the subject that you wouldn't want to get them in the first week of the finals because we've sort of seen that the run they can get on and the scalps that they have claimed at times this year. I think regardless of how a finals campaign turns out for them, it's been a massive tick this season and I don't think anybody could really argue with that. Absolutely, Frizy. And in Brett Radden's first year, gosh, this is a phenomenal result and I think the club have been waiting for these kind of results for a very, very long period of time. Be very, very interesting to see how they go in those remaining games. Now, guys, whenever there are winners in the fixtures, there are inevitably losers and it pains me to say this, but the Bombers run home does not look easy. We face three flag contenders in 11 days, and then we have Melbourne in round 18, and we really don't know what we're going to get from them at that stage of the season. We have the Eagles, Cats, Power, and we play Richmond in Darwin, and two of our games in this fixture are in Adelaide. So, Guys, it's not an easy run home. We did speak about this earlier. We had those relatively easy games at the start of the season, which probably did flatter our scoreline, but it's going to be a difficult run home, gents. Yeah, after the last probably month, I thought we needed to get two wins out of our last four games and we walked away with two points rather than two wins. So it's pretty hard to be a guys up full at the moment looking at our draw. Having said that, looking at our injury list, I imagine that we'll eventually filter some of those players through. And hopefully by the last probably three or four games, field a bit of a stronger side and get back to a bit of form, better ball movement. But some top 14, it's going to be a tough finish. It looks like it's going to end ugly the way they've been going. It sort of reminds me of that 2015 year when we had a few blowouts towards the end of the year. But um, that Melbourne game would have been handy playing it at the time because <laughs> I think we all would have tipped Essendon then and we're all tipping Melbourne now. So... Yeah, that hasn't played out in our favour. It looks like a tough end of the season. It does. And Frizy, can you see us winning any of those games? Oh, it's funny you should say it, Serp. I was just thinking it myself. I know we'll probably get into it even more later, but definitely a loser of this last leg of the fixture. I tell you what, Jen's a way to make a bad situation a whole of a lot worse, unfortunately. I will say they do have an okay record against Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval for some reason. That's the mm-hmm. second last game of the year. If they can get a few players back, I reckon they're a sneaky chance to win that one. And I do think that Cal Hooker will play well on Charlie Dick, which would be a big help. Let's look at the West Coast Eagles because we thought that they would get a lot more games on the run home in Perth. But as we know, as the current situation stands, after round 15, they will have no more games. So they play five games in 18 days, which is very, very difficult. Four of those games are off a five-day break. They have night games at Metricom where they struggled earlier in the year in the hub. And rounds 14 to 17, 
their clashes are tough. They have Richmond, they have the Dogs, and they have St Kilda. They play Richmond off a four-day break after playing GWS. If they earn a top two spot, gents, it would have been a very, very well-earned spot indeed. It's not easy, and especially not playing in Perth in that run home, it's going to be very difficult. No, they would have been filthy looking at the trawlers considering... Um... Well, I suppose they've made a well sunshines. They've got seven wins in a row in Perth, which we thought they'd do. But you've got to think they're a pretty mature organisation. They've got a lot of mature players. You'd have to think that they've learnt some lessons from their first trip to the Gold Coast. So I'm sure that they'll dish up a lot better performances than they did. They've got a few difficult games, Giants, Richmond, Bulldogs and St Kilda, but they've also got a few winnable games in North Melbourne and the Bombers. So you'd think they'd take those two and maybe split the others fairly evenly and they'll be primed for a top four spot. But if they dish up what they did in the first hub, it might be interesting around West Coast again. I think they'll be a lot better equipped to cope with the hub situation. It was obviously a brand new thing a few months ago at the start. So there was a lot of unknown territory there. But look, I think like you guys rightly say, they did what we all probably knew they were going to do. And that is to bank those important games that they needed to win. And they should be winning at home, not just, you know, regardless of the opposition. So that was important with the leadership and the big game experience. They know how to handle these situations. I still think they will be a force once the finals kick off, wherever those matches happen to be. And as you guys rightfully mentioned, the fact that they've banked those wins, winning all of them in Perth, that is a massive factor for them for just locking in that final spot. Gents, that was a very, very comprehensive rundown of the fixture changes. It's going to be very captivating footy to see how this all plays out.